Welcome, everyone, to another installment of Magic Pod Squad. This time we catch up with Magic General Manager John Hammond. Always a fun conversation when we catch up with John. We're going to take a look at a number of individuals on this Magic roster, get his thoughts now that the preseason is in the books, and we look forward to opening night. His thoughts on Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, how they did in the preseason. Also, what we can expect for this team moving forward. When can Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac be back out there on the floor, and what does this team look like? with those guys back out there. Lots to be excited about this new-look Orlando Magic team. And also, former Magic player Ben Wallace in the Hall of Fame, someone that John Hammond knows very well from his days with the Detroit Pistons. So we'll get a Pistons look at Ben Wallace. So lots to get to on this edition. Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Enjoy this latest edition of Magic Pod Squad as we join Magic General Manager John Hammond. This is Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic. This is Jonathan Isaacs. This is Mo Bamba. This is Cole Anthony. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. And this is the Pod Squad. And welcome to another edition of Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Jeff Turner, George Galante. And we're pleased to be joined by Magic General Manager John Hammond. And John, it may not mean as much to you, but boy, it means a ton to us to be back around the team to be back back by the floor <laughs> to interact with you. I'm sure you guys didn't miss us, us nearly as much as, as we missed you, but it's nice to have some bit of normalcy to start this here preseason. Well, is it ever? Is it ever? And don't think that anyone on this Zoom was not missed because everyone was missed for <laughs> sure. So great to see everybody. Great to have everyone back around. And even like, you know, like, you know, we got an exhibition games going on. You know, we got fun crowds. They're into the games. They're enjoying it. You can kind of see everyone's kind of starved for things yeah. like this, entertainment like this. You're and exactly sport. right. And we'll get into the preseason and all that. But I got to get your thoughts on you got a guy in Jeff Doughton, right? This is a guy that's that's trying to make a name for himself in the NBA. He hits the game winner against the Boston Celtics. You've been a part of so many preseasons, so many training camps. Uh, do, do you remember situations like this where, where a guy kind of had a big moment in a preseason? And, and how happy are you for a guy like Jeff to have a shot like that? Wow. I mean, Dante, you're talking about 33 preseasons now. So that's, <laughs> that's I, right. there probably was a moment, but I got to be honest with you, I can't remember it. Yeah, um, there you but go. no, that was, you know, so neat for a guy like Jeff. You think about that, uh, talking about like the, the minimal experiences I've had as an athlete. And I don't forget those. And it was nothing of the magnitude of an exhibition game, NBA home game, shot at the buzzer to win it. So he's, you know, and he's, he's a great young guy, very quiet young fella. Um, but, but, you know, he's, he's working hard and he does a good job for a G league team. And, you know, a guy like that's looking for a break to become an NBA player. It's fun, John. You you heard RJ Hampton say last night, RJ Hampton said, we're just a bunch of kids who love playing basketball. And I thought that was awesome. What, what's your assessment of the preseason in this group you have here, John, as we get ready to start the season? I, I, don't, I don't have one now. I just, I'll take RJ's. <laughs> I love that. I, that. That put a huge smile on my face. You know, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth to what he said. And um, we do have a lot of young guys. And there's going to be some growing pains this year. There's no doubt whatsoever. Um, but 
with that being said, we're hoping that the young guys get an opportunity. The young guys are going to get opportunities. They're going to get a chance to play. They're going to be forced out there to a certain extent. But along the way, you know, we're going to be adding guys during the season, which I think will kind of be you know good pick me ups for the guys on the roster, for the coaches, for everyone in the basketball side of things, for our fans, for everyone that, you know, we'll add Chumo Kiki shortly. We'll add Markel Fultz after that. We'll add Jonathan Isaac. So as we're going through it, if, if, if there are some early growing pains, everyone's still got a chance to look over their shoulder and say, yeah, but, but he's coming, you know, and, and oh, by the way, he's coming too. So, so I, I think, I think that can help us. I don't know that that's going to be a, a, uh, it wasn't by design that that was that, that for that to work that way, but you know, it could turn out to be a, uh, maybe a good result for us as those guys do come back. John, give, give us your take so far in the early uh, part of this with preseason now completed and everything on the job that Jamal mostly is doing. I, I just can't tell you how impressed David and I have been. We're close. We're, we're hearing him talking to the team, uh, the chance to be around practices and watching him work. Just a really impressive guy who's in a, uh, you know, a dream position for him, a guy that's worked real hard. Mm. That's interesting, Jeff, you know, because um, you and David are closer than I am during games. So, you know, you're hearing some, some, some of the things he's saying, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that, 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 that you're impressed uh, with what you are hearing and, and some of the teaching that he's doing. I can tell you from a practice standpoint, he's done a really good job. You know, he's a, he's an interesting guy. He's a very positive guy. I think he'll remain that. I think he'll remain that as a person. Um, and as a coach, um, in, in, through the season, I think even beyond, I think that's kind of who he is at his core. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's, I think he's tried to kind of, uh, keep things a little simple early for us, which is probably a good idea. Um, in practice, when he's had opportunities to, to make teaching points, I think they've been very good and very solid, you know? I always go back to my time with, you know, Hall of Fame coach like Larry Brown having a chance to coach under him and then worked with him in Detroit in the front office. And, you know, there's this mystique about some of these coaches and like what makes them great. And a guy like Larry, it was simple, simple core teaching points over and over and over. And I've kind of felt that a little bit with Jamal here early on, not trying to reinvent the will, just trying to teach the game from a simplistic standpoint. And, and, you know, um, uh, there's a little bit of teaching guys how to play. And, and I think he could be one of those guys. He could be a coach like that. Has he exceeded? Yeah, some of that. Your, I'm sorry, David. I was going to ask. No, go follow ahead and follow up, up, Jeff. Has he exceeded your expectations? Because you make a hire, a guy that's never been a head coach. Great pedigree, right? He's learned under a lot of guys. He's positive. I'm guessing the interview was great. We can see his personality. But has he, as so far, exceeded your expectations um, about what he's done on the court and how he's handled himself with the team? Or is it about what you yeah. thought it was going to be? <laughs> no, no, I, I think I think that's that's the case. You know, you hate to say after a week or two of practice and after sure. you know four exhibition games that he's exceeded expectations. But, um, you know, the expectations are going to start coming as the games begin. Sure. And – 
you know, but, but, but the great thing for him as a young coach and a, I think first year coach is that um, he, he, he is going to be given a chance to grow with this team. You know, you, you, you hope for a guy like Jamal because he is such a, you know, a, a high character guy that you hope that he can be a young coach that can grow with a young team, grow with them and grow into a successful coach as the team becomes more successful. You know, some of these things can be pretty bumpy rides as we all know, you know, getting to that point. Um, but I think he is one of those guys that can, can be that coach that, 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 you know, takes that ride with us and, and can be a coach that can grow with the team. You know, we've also been really impressed with the staff that he's brought in. And we talked with uh, Coach Mosley about this. Jeff and I did the other day about how all four of the guys that uh, the new guys that came in, they have some head coaching experience in the G League. Was that was that by design? Um, how, how much how big of a factor do you think that is for Jamal on that staff? I think it's a factor. I think it was a factor. No doubt that, that those guys all have had opportunities to call timeouts. And, uh, you know, call, draw up last minute plays and uh, end out and side out situations. Those are all and run a practice. That's that's great. You know, um, um, you know, he's he's mentioned it a couple of times that that, uh, you know, maybe hiring even more of a veteran coach. And he didn't do that. But I think that was kind of by design to a certain extent. You know, um, you look at a guy, you know, a guy like Nate, that guy's been around. And, you know, he's been a lot through a lot of different circumstances and had a, he's been under some real veteran coaches himself and, and, um, uh, and um, has had some great experiences and a long run in Portland. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, a guy like Dale, same thing, had a great run as, a, as an assistant and Ed's been a head coach. So there are, there are some, I, I like our staff and, you know, the other guys, you know, with them, with, you know, Brett, Jesse, all, all, all I think all really good hires and they're bringing good energy. And, and I think, you know, Thus far, guys really enjoy them. John, when when Jamal and the coaches come to you and Jeff and say, listen, guys, we want to put a giant bell on the practice court. We want to put this enormous giant blue bell. What's your what's your reaction when when they when they come to you with something like that? And then I want to know who installs the bell. Where did the bell come from? Because I think Dante wants to hang one on his porch. <laughs> to call the yes. girls in for dinner. I, I really, he, he sees this big, big blue magic logo bell. And I, I think he, I think he's got some ideas at the house. Yeah. I would say a, a bell like that would be a very good thing for Dante to have at his house. Right. You know, I, I know little, my mom. If I probably, get a little hustle out of my daughter, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I know my reinforce that reinforce winning that. decisions. Right. Yes, Dante? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 But the bell, you know, um, I'm not a gimmick guy per se, but a little bit. I like that. I like, I like, um, you know, coaches, coaches coming up with, you know, new thoughts and creative ways to, to, um, uh, to get their guys motivated. And so the bell, I, I, to be honest with you, I think Murph found it somewhere online. (laughs) And then, and then the question is, I'm not sure how the doggone thing got painted and everything else, but, and and I sure as heck have no idea how that thing got hung. (laughs) I just walked in. I, I, I knew, I knew, I remember Murph saying, Hey, we're, I, I knew the concept of the bell. Murph saying, Hey, trying to order a bell. And like, like, you know, I was like, where do you get one from? Ah, looking online, all this kind of stuff. And then, and then I do kind of remember it arriving. And then next thing I know it's painted with, you know, the magic blue and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, neat concept, fun concept, 
you know, guys like that stuff. And it's great to, you know, to be, say, here's points of significance, you know, and, you know, to make that extra pass, to take that charge, to when those things happen for the guys to ring a bell, it might sound a little collegiate, might sound almost kind of high schoolish, but it's not. Guys love it and guys enjoy those sort of things. And does it work with this group because we're so young as opposed to, I don't know, take a really veteran laden team and it maybe doesn't have the same effect and they look at you like you have to like, what do we need a bell for? Like to just, but it works with this group. They really seem to gravitate when the bell gets rung. I, I think, I think you're probably right. You know, I'm not sure the Laker roster is as it's set today would be run just having a bell rung during practice. Right. Maybe they would, I shouldn't say that, but, but I think with our team, it, 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 uh, it is something that, you know, can be a positive and I, I, I you're right, George, our guys do enjoy it. They like it. It's kind of a, you know, it, it's fun, but it's also a great teaching tool. Give us a little insight, John, if you would, to your, your two rookies. They've now gone through their first training camp in preseason, Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. What, what, what did you see? Like, what, what was the message for them? Maybe some of the things you were watching for them in the preseason and, and what will you be watching for them as, as they start the year? Well, um, you know, starting with Franz, I think that, you know, what he's done thus far in practice and even in his exhibition games, um, it's kind of a little indicator of who he is. You know, he's a player who's going to be out there making the right plays all of the time. Uh, he makes the right, right pass, the simple pass. When he puts the ball on the floor, it's always a, I think it's always a, um, a, 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 a good decision as he's doing it. He's not forcing things defensively. I think he's going to be, he's going to be solid. He's smart. He's going to be handsy. Um, uh, he has, he has some very good tools in that regard. You know, I think his true growth to be honest with you is going to be simple as he shoots it better. He's going to become even a better player. And, and I think the shooting part is, is uh, as much as anything, just gaining his confidence. That's all. Start believing it's going to go in. You make a few and, and, you know, you get a little run and you maybe you can carry that into another game and another game. And, uh, but, but with that being said, all of the other things are kind of there already. So, uh, you know, there's a, a great base to work from with him and like him very much. Great young guy. Um, so I think he's going to be a great fit for our team that, you know, you look and say, Hey, could you march out there someday with, uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac at the four and, and, and uh, Franz at the three with that kind of size and Franz being the kind of ball handler and play and smart player that could do that. It could be kind of fun looking into the future. And then, you know, right. a guy like Jalen, um, the guy just has a lot of tools, a lot of tools. And, you know, Jeff, I don't know what you would say about this, but, you know, you look at players and you say, uh, do they come in? I, I'm sure it's, 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 it's each player can be a little different, but for the most part, it always seems to me like guys have a hard time initially in the NBA defensively. You know, guys can come in, they, you know, they, they know how to handle, they know how to create a shot. Those guys that can, you know, uh, that can shoot the ball, they do all those things, but the defensive end is a real kind of a quandary for guys. This guy defensively, he's, he's got a chance to be really, really special defensively, you know, and, once again, I hate to mention Jonathan Isaac's name again, but, you know, Jonathan was on his way to becoming an all-league defender, a, you know, maybe first or second team all-league defender. And, you know, you put a guy like a seven-footer that has that ability, ability, and you put a guy who can guard the point guard spot and the two-guard spot and probably even the three-spot to a certain extent, a guy like Jalen, uh, he locks in on you. Um, he's, he's really, really good defensively. That's just a defensive end. The offensive end, 
I think it's just going to get better and better and better. You know, we're putting the ball in his hands. I think that's where it should be. Um, uh, that, that he's going to be a very good decision maker. He's smart. He's tough right now. You think an exhibition season, you know, he's just trying to figure out exactly what should I do here? Am I, the, am I the, um, you know, he's a football quarterback. So am I, am I the point guard? Am I the quarterback of this team? That means I can't score. So not, not, I can't score, but I'm not going, I'm not going to look to score. I'm just going to get the ball to other people. That's going to be, that's going to be who I am. Um, and I'll say, oh, the scoring is going to come later. So I think he's going to have to, he'll figure that out. He'll look to be a little more aggressive scoring wise, which I think he needs to do. And then, um, um, you know, all the other parts of his game, I think are going to fit really well. And I do think this too, hate to mention these guys, you know, but you say, okay, you know, you talk about Jonathan coming and talking about Markel and you put like Markel and he together on the floor at the backcourt, both six foot five, big, strong guys, both guys that can handle, um, and both guys that can make people better on the floor. I think it'd be interesting with those guys moving forward in the backcourt. John, I'm glad you brought up Markel. I, you know, what's, what's great is when I'm at practice or even the game, uh, you know, the games, when he's th at the home games, he's very involved. Uh, he is really like talking with the assistant coaches. They're in timeouts. He's talking to other players. Uh, when we watch him in practice, he's going through a lot of the non-contact stuff. Um, his attitude, he seems to be chomping at the bit to get back on the floor. Uh, if, from what I can see. That's the understatement of the year. Markel <laughs> chomping at the bit. That guy is, he is so ready and so wanting to, you know, and, you know, it's interesting. You, you, when you go through tough times with people, you, you know, the old saying is you find out exactly who they really are. And, you know, I, I don't know, sometimes you, maybe you state it too much and you talk about, Oh, this guy's a great guy. Oh, this guy's a great guy. And, um, Maybe you over, overuse um, statements like that at times, but but if I can't say Markel, I mean this guy, he's a really really special person. You know he's you know he's a pleaser, and at the point guard spot, you want someone with a pleaser. But let me let me take care of you. Let me help you. That's what he's all about. You know you can see that in his dealings with his teammates. You can see that in his dealings with. Uh, his um, his coaches, you can see that in his dealings with the medical staff, we've had to be attached with over the last few months. Um, you know, he's just. Uh, I, I I keep on going back when we acquired him. I was shocked how many people in the NBA that had dealings with him. You know, through the drafts and other situations, reached out to me and said, um, "Wow, um, man, I'm pulling from Markel. You got a good one there." And I'd like. Okay, whatever, you know, and then and then when he you know comes in and he starts playing and he starts really taking off, some of those same people called called back and said, Man, I'm so happy for him. He's so deserving of this. So now that I have had a chance to be around him and be with him, I feel exactly like those people. And and man, I want it for him so bad. I want it for him to 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 be who he wants to be and really who he is. Like I was the number one pick in the draft for a reason. And um you know, get back to not not who he was then, but even back to who he was when he was playing for us. You know, he was on his way to having a really, really great, great run. And so just get back to that guy and, um, you know, want it, want it for him. You know, if that happens, that's a, that's a game changer for this franchise and obviously for Markel. Another intriguing storyline that has really 
uh, interested Jeff and me, and I'm sure all Magic fans, is, is the Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr. combination on the front line. Um, did you, was this something that was discussed? Did we see this coming? Or what are your thoughts on, on those two guys playing together and what that might portend for the future? Um, no, it really was. It wasn't something that, you know, we went to Jamal with and said, Hey, you know, think about playing these guys together. Nothing like that. Um, um, you know, it's just kind of, I think his idea to give it a try. And, you know, so we, we've done it during exhibition season. I don't, I have no idea what he's thinking right now going into the regular season. If he'd continue to do something like that, you know, I, I do think there's a little bit with, um, you know, uh, one thing about Wendell, Wendell is a really good interior defender. He's so strong and so smart in there defending uh, that, that, um, you know, Mo is a great interior shot blocker. Not necessarily a great individual defender, but a great shot blocker. So that, there's a real positive to that. I mean, you know, like an elite type shot blocker in the NBA. Um, so, but, but, you know, now you take Wendell and you put him out there guarding on the floor a little bit, guarding some fours. And nowadays, people playing smaller, you know, it kind of puts both those guys. I don't worry about it offensively. I think that offensively they'll figure it out. Defensively, it puts like, you know, is, is, you know, Mo the interior defender you want rather than Wendell. And there's Wendell out on the floor too much defending. But, but look, this is, this is who we are right now. This is the time when we can have some looks, especially early on like this. You know, you say like, once again, I'm, I keep doing it, but a guy like Jonathan Isaac comes back at some point where, you know, once he's healthy, you're going to say, well, you know, we're going to start him at the power forward spot. Right. You know, so, so that can happen. So this is the kind of time to look at those things, to test those things, see who they are, see how it works. Is that when Jonathan d- does come back, can you see the three of them playing together? Or, or, or is that good? Jonathan does have a little flexibility to move down to the three, too. Do you see the three of them playing together on the front court? Because <laughs> that would be that would be quite quite a long front court. Yeah. <laughs> if you kept the three of them out there together. That, that, that two, three zone that Jamal threw out there with <laughs> those three on the back line would be imposing, I would think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I never really thought about that that much. Right? Um, what, Are you thinking know, about thing, it now, though? <laughs> well, George, as you bring it up, because one thing, Jonathan, Jonathan is so interesting because, you know, when you talk to a guy that can guard like, you know, three, fours and fives, he can do that. That's why he's talked, you know, you know, he's going to be talked about as an all-league defender because he can guard multiple positions like that. But, you know, Jonathan, Jonathan's getting bigger, man. He's a big dude, you know, and he's, I swear he keeps getting taller. You know, he's like, I think he's like a legit seven-footer right now, and he's getting bigger and he's getting stronger and he's getting, mature, and he's getting more mature. So, you know, I, I don't know. Hey, hey, fun thought, George. That's your idea. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> it's interesting. In we're, we're seeing – we're seeing why George is not a head coach and I'm going to show you why I'm never a general manager because I, John, I have no discipline. I would have had, I would have had Jonathan Isaac and Markel back on the floor in May. Just take us through, take us through obviously why that would be a bad idea. I know you don't get into timetables and things like that, but what is the plan to eventually, you know, we are excited. The whole, everybody's excited to see those guys back. What, what kind of is the plan for, for the foreseeable future to ultimately get them back? Now it's time. That's really the plan. It's just take our time, you know. Once again, where we're at, who we're at, who we are today, there's no rush. There's no reason to put those guys out there early 
There's no reason to put them at risk. Um, uh, and look, I, look, no organization, people, people don't do that nowadays. You know, sometimes I think, you know, it, it, uh, people think, you know, maybe players think to a certain extent, oh, they're going to push me out there. You know, the, the, these guys are too valuable to the organizations to ever take a chance. Um, that's not happening. It's not going to happen here. I can tell you that. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, making sure it's the right time for them to get out there and put them in a position where they're going to come back healthy and more importantly, stay healthy. John, we had Jamal Mosley tell us the other day he misses the development part of things on game days. He misses being out there on the floor, passing the basketball and rebounding for guys now that he's a head coach. You came in as an assistant coach. Do you do you miss some of that stuff? Do, do you miss the the coaching aspect of things at times? Yeah, you know, I get that question asked a lot. You know, I used to be a coach in the front office. Like, do you miss coaching? And, that you know, it's funny. He talks about the development part because um, – that's, 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 that's the one thing I miss is, is, and the development parts relationship part, you know, you're spending all this one-on-one time with guys and, um, you know, you get close to guys and, um, still have that somewhat today, but it's different when you're in the front office, you know, players know trades can occur. Players know that, you know, contract negotiations are occurring, you know, different things are happening. So I think the relationship is good. But it's not like, you know, when, when, when you're an assistant coach, those guys know that you're there for them. And um, they know, like in our front office, we're there for them also. But there's also that other side of doing the business. Is that how you feel? Is that how you feel, Jeff? No, you feel the same no way it's when you funny. <laughs> funny. But what is John saying about, you know, now you're in the front office, you know, and I used to, you know, I, I have a always had a great relationship with John Gabriel, but as you guys know, David knows for sure. I called John Gabriel, the grim reaper, right? Because <laughs> when John, if John came to practice, if he was around and everything I used to tell people, don't let him put his arm around you. Cause if he walks up, <laughs> puts his arm around you, you're out, man. So just avoid it. Go to the other end of the floor. <laughs> I've heard such stories. I'm sure it's very true. That's great. Now, what made you want to switch from coaching to, to get into the front office? When, when did that decision get made by you? And, and did you ever want to go back? Like, was immediately thinking, maybe I want to go back into coaching? Uh, for me, I had coached and then um, I had opportunity to coach Joe Dumars in Detroit as an assistant coach. And then when Joe, Joe became president of basketball operations in Detroit, he reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to come back with me and, and, and work in the front office? So... Um, um, that, that's how it happened. Nothing more than that. Just experience of being with Joe and my relationship with Joe. And then, uh, then to be honest with you, you know, when I went to Detroit, we started winning at such an alarming rate and had such a great run there for the seven years I was there. I mean, never really thought about anything else. Just, you know, we're very happy and, and, and thrilled with the opportunity that Joe gave me and, and to be a part of winning like that at, at, at that level was really kind of special. So, and then had an opportunity to get my own job and, in Milwaukee. So yeah, that'll probably um, never, do it. never really came back. Right. <laughs> you know, John, it's interesting. Ben Wallace goes into the hall of fame and that's a guy that we have a lot of affinity for here in Orlando. He, he, he had a great year here. It, that was a guy, you know, we make the grand Hill trade another guy that you're very familiar with that haven't coached him in Detroit. He was as good as there was. I, I think, I think a hundred general managers out of a hundred general managers will make that swap uh, taking grand Hill for Ben Wallace. But you got to see Ben become Penn. Ben, you got to see him become the Hall of Famer. What can you tell us from that? We never really heard much 
from the Detroit side of Ben Wallace, kind of the guy he was and the, the Hall of Famer he became? Yeah, you know, I think sometimes just like um, right place, right time for the guy. And, you know, I think that's what, that was the case for a lot of guys on that roster. Um, um, but, you know, watching Ben grow as a player that, you know, just the energy and toughness that he had, you know, the fact that guy's leading the NBA in shot blocks and rebounds um, at his size. Like if, if you look, if you look back at history and you look at players who have done such leading the, the NBA and rebounding and block shots that uh, those guys are all like giant guys are like, like the legit seven foot, you know, seven, one guys and all the big, big centers that you think, well, that guy could do that. You know, Ben is not that big. Ben doesn't have that kind of size. He's an undersized center. So to do what he did at his size was absolutely remarkable. You know, um, when Ben was, um, was, uh, you know, notified that he was going to go in the hall of fame and it became public. I sent him a text and, you know, um, I felt I, I really meant what I was saying on the text to him. And it was that, that, you know, uh, if you look at this team and, and, and the other starters on this team, you're the one guy that gets in first. I don't know what anyone else is going to get on in there with that team of those five starters. But I said, interesting that, that you did this, Ben, because you gave, you gave up yourself for everyone else. And that's really what he did. You know, he, I, I guarantee he wanted to score. He wanted to score more. And I can tell you, my, I, my office was right there courtside. First guy in every morning working on a shot. I'm not, I, you know, you think, oh, it's, wow. it's Chauncey Billups. It's, it's one of the, no, no, it was Ben Wallace because he wanted to become a better shooter. And a lot of times the last one to leave was Ben Wallace. So he wanted more. But, you know, when it came down to winning, he put all that stuff to the side and said, how can I help you? I mean, they, you know, we think about all the opportunities that, you know, if Chauncey Billups would ever get in, he should give a big hug to Ben Wallace because the offensive rebounds that Ben Wallace got and had an opportunity maybe to try to put it back in, he would always turn. And that they always say one of the greatest, uh, greatest three-point, highest three-point percentage shots are off offensive rebounds because everyone is, is, is now sucked in defensively trying to get the rebound. You get that rebound, you kick back out. It's usually an open three. And he just fed those guys shot after shot after shot of kicking back out for open threes and big threes. And, you know, he, it wasn't about him. It was always about the other guys. So neat guy, very deserving of it. You guys remember uh, that? You remember when I, he came he, here and he said – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, remember when he came here and he said, David, he said, he, said uh, he was a shortstop in baseball and they asked him why. And he said, because they said I couldn't do it. <laughs> like a six six shortstop. Remember, we we just all we just immediately fell in love with the guy, didn't we? Oh, that was a that was a unique team, and uh, you know one that maybe this this particular team could uh, could emulate. We might have another heart and hustle type type unit. John, I was going to ask you. We've been around a long time. The late eighties um, got into the NBA. Um, what what are a couple of the things that you've noticed uh, that that have really strike you about how things have changed, the way the NBA is played now, the way it's operated. Um, just give us your perspective on, on where you think the league is today as compared to when you came in back in the, in the, in the 80s. Well, the way it's operated, I mean, you know, David, it's just like it's remarkable to me to see the sizes of our staffs. That's, that's, that's the one 
key biggest difference to me is, um, um, you know, when we started the NBA, there was really no such thing as analytics. And I can remember in Milwaukee, we hired our first analytics person. We had one guy and uh, that was it. Like, who is this guy and what does he do to a certain extent? And, you know, you look at the size of staffs like that. You know, I can remember there was just a trainer. There was just a trainer. And then, oh, let's, now we need a strength coach. So there's a train, trainer and a strength coach. And um, then, oh, maybe get an assistant trainer. And you look at the size of the medical staffs today. You look at the size of the front office staffs today. Um, you know, and so the league is growing. The league is growing on, on, on so many different um, facets. Financially, it's growing. Opportunities for people are, are growing, which is a great thing. Because um, there's so many people that want to be a part of this and want to be involved in professional sports and in, even in the NBA. So, you know, need to see that happen for a, a lot of people getting these opportunities. Um, so that's, I would say, like on how the you know league is run internally, at least. Um, you know, and then the game itself. Uh, you know, I, I can remember, I can remember setting in, in, um, GM meetings. Cause I, I always went to those Joe Dumars didn't go to those. He always had me go. So I started going to those probably in the, uh, like, you know, like, uh, 20 plus years ago. And I remember the league's point of emphasis on scoring that we want to get scoring up. And, you know, the, these, I remember talking about like the hundred point games and, um, you know, uh, um, that, that, um, how, how can we create opportunities for people to score? And they talked about, you know, defense and, you know, less hand checking, opening up the court for people. Um, you know, we went away from the, you know, illegal defenses, um, uh, uh, isolation game, tried to speed up the game. That was a huge part too. The game was initially, it was so much of an ISO game, dropping the ball inside the post, giving the guy in the wing, and the defense had to be shifted away from those guys. You know, the, the way we opened up the court itself, I think has been a very interesting thing to watch. And then, of course, more than anything, the three-point shot. I mean, that has really, really changed the game. And, uh, and you know, I, I always say, like, you know, you go to a – I go to a baseball game, you know, I like to see home runs. And um, I like to see, like, no hitters, you know, stuff like that, you know, really special moments. And I think in the NBA, people come to the NBA games. They love to see slam dunks. They love to see three-point shots. Those always get the loudest cheers. And um, so, um, you know, the game is changing in that regard. It's, it's big plays. It's scoring. It's open court. It's a faster game. And uh, I think overall, I think I think people enjoy it. I think fans enjoy it. That's great. All right, John, we're going to give you one last thing. Just, just something for all Magic fans as, as you think about this season, just maybe kind of your, your final message to them. Obviously, you said there's, there's going to be growing pains, and that we understand that certainly with every young team. So what kind of what would the message be, and, and what will you have your eye on this year? And I guess even to kind of ask, how do you gauge success as we go on throughout the year? Um, I think, I think um, the, the um, – gauge success by and David kind of mentioned this a little bit about the you know, like you know heart and hustle type team you know if we're going to use that kind of terminology that that I think will gauge success by um, when when you say to the fans I would think 
if they walk out of the arena and um, get in their car to go home and they can say to each other, hey, not the way they want to lost the game, but hey, you know what? Those guys are playing hard. Those guys look organized. Those guys, and maybe most importantly, oh, just wait. I see a future. I see what that guy can do. I see what this guy can do. You know, so I think that's going to have to be us. You know, we're going to have to gain satisfaction off those kind of things. You know, we don't know what's going to happen this year. I mean, we may come along much quicker than we realize. It may be a little slower than we realize. But whatever happens, I think that I, I, I just I hope I hope that our that the people that come to support us can enjoy the ride of this season and that that, you know, we 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 you know grab a big win here, grab a big win there. Who knows? They may come more consistently, they may come less consistently, but most of most of all, I just hope they're proud of us. That's the most important thing. I just hope they're proud of us. Kids that love playing basketball. We look forward to getting started for real here next week. John, we appreciate it and let's have a great year. Okay. We look forward to it. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you so much. Thanks. John Hammond, Magic General Manager. We'll see you next week.